was that this is his bracket this is bracket yeah his projected bracket oh you're already gonna tear into the bracket this is fucking this is gonna be a good pot i think have to do my uh, research right <laughs> just rip, rip it to shreds And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brand and a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 111. That's 111, guys, for your eardrums. Do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell us, friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandon, and with me, as always, my flat-footed fanatical friend, <laughs> most awesome. Hey, man, don't hate the game. Hate the player or whatever that expression is. I don't know. But I got flat fucking feet, and uh, sometimes it hurts when I wake up in the morning. Oh, that makes me sad. I want to make fun of it more. But you also know no, that I, I, too, have flat feet. And I know that we kind of discovered that yesterday, like, it came up. Like, I yeah. have, it just, sometimes you're just like, this guy really gets me. And then it just goes to a new level. It just, right. it, it just goes out of stratosphere. It's just like, now you're like, now we can borrow socks. We can share <laughs> socks from this guy. Yeah. We have um, arches. It, it is like, I didn't realize it until Dr. The, there's so many things that I just was oblivious to, like heartburn and flat feet. Now that I dated or married to Dr. Mrs. The Commish, she was like, your feet are ridiculously flat. <laughs> like, if it's painful. I'm like, oh, I just thought that, that's how feet work. I didn't, <laughs> yeah, the, these are feet. These are, right. these are my feet. I, this so, is feet. Oh, that's a, you have a big, huge arch. Okay, yeah, that's what a foot's supposed to look like. All yeah, right. it's kind of like when you learn, like, uh, all intensive purposes isn't all intensive purposes. It's all intense and purposes. You're just like, your role changes. You're just like, well, it kind of worked for me, but I can't believe I was so oblivious for decades. Right, right, right. exactly, yeah. I'm just going to speed through that word, that phrase now. There's a lot of those that I, <laughs> I just fire through. I just I hope I get it right. Uh, guys, we got a jam-packed episode 111 doing Rip from the Headlines. We're going to talk about the NBA horse game coming up. We're going to hit the NBA, uh, the MAB inbox. We've got two of those. We've got MAB guest, friend of the podcast, Drew Jordan. Let's talk a little basketball, so we will do that. We'll see the state of what's going on in North Carolina. And we, he's going to join us also for MAB Fixes, which is going to be tackling alcoholism during the quarantine. <laughs> We're going to jump into the Neapolitan Showdown. We're talking top three things to do that we want to do when you're out of the quarantine. And we'll finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It's us now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, rip from the headlines. Um, horse game. What are we talking about this week, brother? Because it's quarantine and we ain't got shit to talk about. <laughs> we got you know, it's uh, there's some. You remember the expression like Christmas in July? Yes. This is like August in April is what we're dealing with. We should have sports going on right now, right? But there just ain't, and we all right. know why. They, trust me. If you came here to figure out like why people are wearing masks and why there's no crowds, like you're you're not good at getting your news source. 
they wake up out of their coma. They're like, what's going on? Let me download podcast, MAB. Oh, wait, there's a quarantine going on? <laughs> Give me the information. Um, that's nice. But we will talk about it because I, I think it's kind of funny. Um, so the horse game airs April 12th. That's when it starts. It features Trey Young versus Chauncey Billups. Um, Catchings versus Mike Conley. Levine versus Pierce. Uh, Publius Chris Paul versus uh, Ali Quigley. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this going to work? So the way I understand it is, is they're at individual courts by themselves, right? Yeah. Is it a house? Okay. Yep. yep. So that's going to be the weird thing because like there is part of it in horse for those who played, don't know what we're talking about. Those same people who woke up out of the coma. Horses... <laughs> you're going to explain horse to me. You're going to explain yeah. COVID-19 and horse to people right now. People are like, my world is spinning out of, out of control right now. So, so much, much information. Crazy. Let me get the let me get the notebook. Let me write this now. Right. Okay. Horse. Do I? What do I have to do? So, uh, players. Two people go against each other. They do like trick shots. Uh, the next player has to recreate that trick shot. If they miss it, they get an H, uh, and then all the way through to horse. So they basically play like a best of five. Um, yeah. I mean, everyone knows horse. Uh, Everyone's got horse. I, I I love how thorough you are. I love how thorough. You wanted the macro motherfucker. I'm giving you the. <laughs> ma- we got time to fill, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. No stone left unturned. Um, but yeah, so it's like if there, it's that's one of those things. It's like doing it from the same exact spot is yeah. like such a key component of it. It's like I'm here at this precise angle to the backboard, standing like on my left foot. You know what I mean? Like. The, the, so if I if I did a trick shot from behind the backboard, shooting over the backboard, if I'm like you know right up along the baseline, or if I'm like a, a foot back, that's a considerably different shot. Yeah, and that's I, the thing as kids, right? Because you would shoot the shot and you'd kind of stand there and you'd be like, "Come stand right here, like yeah, stand right here." I would this like I, right I would here. like put my toe down <laughs> and be like, "There it is, dude. That's the yeah, spot. That's where you're gonna be." Yeah. I, well, I, that's a great point. Do you picture tape measures being brought out for this? Oh, it's going to go. Yeah, they're going to have. Uh, so I, I pray to God we're not watching this in real time, like yeah. them figuring it out. I hope it's like a super cut edition of this. But yeah, I mean, I would say that they're, they're probably are going to give them spots on the court, you know, like different things. So it's all kind of like universal, like it's measured like 13 feet away. You know what I mean? That, and they would just have to come up with ideas in those little horse areas where to yeah. go. It's going to be little, like little rock and jock with the like little cylinders yes. and just kind of like stand there and shoot from it. I yeah. hope it's not that. I think that's already like a step in the wrong direction because I do like, I like the surprise aspect of it. If it's just like, if it's people just like I'm shooting from my knees or I'm shooting from one, like I kind of want, I think you brought up earlier when we were talking kind of off pod, uh, no dunks allowed. Is that right? Like that's not right here. Yeah. Dunk, dunks are prohibited um, and they have to call out the intent of the shot. So if you're like, I'm going to do a half quarter and they bank it in, they have to say, I'm going to shoot a half quarter and bank it in. Yeah, that's, standard, for, that's, that's standard for the rules, though, yeah. It is, it is. But, yeah, it's it's something like – Good to know that yeah. they covered it. I just, yeah. I, I just don't want to see a shot of the court and then I know the five spots that, like – They're going to be working from? Yeah. Yeah, and that's – I just – I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm overthinking it. You know what I mean? Maybe they're just giving you, like, an approximation. Oh, we definitely are, but so we got the time, like you said. So yeah. we, we, we think the shit out of the sports game. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I, I was thinking that they would have more than just, like, five spots. They would have a bunch of different spots all over, and you could just go to predetermined, like, you know, spot 37s over here. Okay. And yeah. from this one, I'm going to fire, a, you know, a hook shot from the corner. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So what was your go-to horse move back in the day when you used to get your horse on? Great question. Fantastic question. I did love, which is always a bit of a tricky shot, is going and pulling the up, pump up and under layup, getting it. It's a little bit more athletic than some people realize. And if you get it moving and dribbling, like I start to get a big build up, I do that, but you got to get it the full extension up, bring it around, come through. It's a little bit more challenging than what people think of it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's a little like the white guy dunk. Like you're yeah. just going to go up like dunking's not on, not it's not a paintbrush I have in my like yeah, here. so I'm just going to go up underneath like the the pump fake and the other that's good I still I do uh, it's funny you brought up the backboard I like I'd like the backboard like not touching because horse is great because horse you just made it up and uh, I don't want to walk back on horse is great like it's fine as soon as you learn how to play basketball it's just like I'd rather play you one on one like than yeah. like play this horse game. But, but I like the um, don't – you can't touch the ball with your second hand. Like, you just have it kind of yes. shoot hand behind the backboard and just kind of the up and over. Yes, that's a good one. I always love doing, like, left foot, right hand, or right hand, left foot. Like, really getting them off balance. You know, oh, just really good. put it in their head. That's really good, too. If you make someone just kind of, like, have to mess with their system on making shots, like, that's yeah. good. Were yeah. you uh, – I picture you as doing uh, also, like, a – a backwards free throw. Did you try? Oh, uh, yeah, I had that in my arsenal. Oh, yeah. I was good. I also, I also like the bounce shot, like off the court, trying to bounce it in. Much tougher. Much tougher. Yeah, see, I want to see some of those. Are we just going to go into just like guys just draining like forty footers, and like that's what this horse game is going to be, or like are they going to be like? There's always like kind of a. I, I hope they just bring the fun into it. I hope it's not like, oh, this will look silly if I try to shoot like for my knees or like try to, try to shoot backwards. But it's just like if I'm hitting a jumper from here, like that's kind of not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking yeah. for like a, a warm up. Right. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's. I would imagine that that's what Trey Young is going to be like. I, I really got to see like how inventive are they going to get with this. I, I would hope that they would just be like. I want to see them firing like off of you know obscure walls off the backboard like i want the mcdonald's commercial you're exactly right larry bird and michael jordan mcdonald's commercials just like i'm going off that off that like yeah yeah. i want to see some of that yes i want that 100 percent. and also guys we have the time so you don't need to plow through this game like take all the time you need to try to get these little ridiculous shots set up and let's see it well that's what i thought was weird is so this first round is going to go from 7 to 9 p.m so what happens if it ends early? Like what? Like what if they just rip through it and the the uh, like the four winners just mouth through it really quickly? We're just going to stand around and just do more trick shots, or are they going to try and milk it? And then April sixteenth is the semifinals is from nine to eleven, and then the finals is from eleven p.m. on. It's weird that they're starting it so late. I don't understand this. Maybe for West Coast, but what what everyone's doing out, out west? I don't know. Is is it is it live? This I this I don't have the answer. That's what I'm trying yeah. to figure out. It's like, are true. they are they shooting it a few hours before and then on the fly cutting it really quickly to give you the best yeah. condensed pieces of it, the trash talk. And that's the other thing is, is like part of that is is a little bit of the trash talk that goes along in the game. So if I'm am, am I going to have like an IFB in my ear so I can hear Tamika Catchings like talking shit to me or like how is that going to whole component going to work? 
Uh, all right, so you saw the bracket. Yeah, uh, we'll figure out how that looks. Uh, I don't know if you can bet on it. I did look up to see if I could. Uh, no lines have been posted yet, but let me. I can't know. believe that. I know. I, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll pop. It'll definitely show up. Vegas is going to roll out some. But also, like Vegas is weird. Like I want to say Vegas is weird like that, where like you can't bet on it, but also you can bet on WrestleMania, which is pre-scripted, and you can bet on like color of Gatorade. So I, I got to think they're thirsty for, like, any kind of action. Yeah. The, usually, the, usually those, though, uh, they're not moneymakers. Those are just, like, lost leaders. So they're just, like, right. on the color Gatorade because I want you to get in here and, like, lay a brand on, like, the Patriots minus six. You know what I'm <laughs> right. saying? So it's just, like. You're feeling froggy all of a sudden. You're like, oh, I, I think it's going to be orange Gatorade. And, oh, yeah, I'm not going to win. <laughs> throw down a G I'll, on somebody. I'll bet $20 on orange Gatorade and then all the chips in the middle on Patriots minus six. Uh. Yeah, so who do you have in this? Who do you like coming out? Ooh, this is good. Um, I really like Chris Paul in this because he's a competitive weirdo. And I yeah. like I don't uh, – you're, to- you're totally right. It's like the guy that takes the all-star game really seriously. Yeah, yeah. Exactly he's right. going to take right. it seriously. He – you know, Zach Levine and Trey Young are up-and-coming guys, but I don't know how serious either of them are going are gonna to take it. The – Zach Levine is going to be uh, hindered by the no dunking, but he can shoot and he's pretty athletic. So he might do some crazy stuff and he's going against Paul Pierce. So there's going to be a little like That's what I'm saying. athleticism has, for anti-athleticism. Yeah. He has my number one seed coming out. I love, I love what they, how they mix all these people up too. I love, we get a little bit of the old guys. Like uh, yeah. we have like win players. Like it's all just kind of like a nice potpourri of like, just kind of different styles of play. For sure. I like Paul Pierce. Okay. I just like I I like the I've been out of the league for four years, but like know your lane. Like I'm still old, but like I'm legend. So yeah, like yeah. this is how this is gonna work. Yeah. I, I do like it that he's gonna be like he's a bucket getter and like I like him and Chauncey. I think Chauncey's gonna be off though, but Mr. Big Shot, Chauncey Billups, I, I you know, I like a little bit of that. Hey, maybe I still wanna prove to the young bucks that I can drain a couple 40-footers here. When the pressure's on, I can make it. Yeah, yeah. Is there any kind of – what were your rules when playing horse? And we'll definitely get off of this, guys, because we've got a jam-packed <laughs> podcast and nobody wants to talk about horse longer than this. But is there a little bit of just like uh, – do you remember this where it's just like you got to dribble through your legs twice and then pull up? Like was dribbling part of the horse challenge or is it just like tell me where to shoot from and that's where I shoot? Just on your rules. Ooh, that's a, that's a good one, and that's much debated. Yeah, uh, I feel the whole intent of it of the of the action influences the shot. Now it can't be like the ridiculous like thirty times between my leg and then fire it up. Like now we're just being yeah. silly. But if you've got motion and action, you know, and it's a running you know sky hook across the middle of the you know the half court area, then yes, I want that. I just don't want you doing a hook shot from the spot where I left off, you know, jumped off from. Absolutely. So who do you have winning it all? I, I don't know how they're bracketed up, but I, I mean, CP3 and Trey Young, just because I think Trey Young could just get in a rhythm and just bomb 40-footers and then knock you out pretty good if he was trying to really go for the throat. But I like CP3. I like it. I think he's going to be a, a competitive weirdo about this. I think he's going to get fired up and try and put on a show and, uh, you know, make shots. Okay, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Paul Pierce, just because I, yeah, talk Jayhawk. I'm gonna go that, and then we gotta figure out what we are gambling on this. We're doing something. We'll figure it out for sure. 
what blue job this i i also want to know the list of people like that they went through in order to get this list <laughs> who, who were like pass yeah right you're right i don't either or that or i don't have a home gym in my house or you know what i mean like yeah that's the stuff that's going to be uh was going to be interesting uh, okay, we got to – I wish I had those stakes together. We're we're going to talk other stakes at the end of this when you guys jump on our Instapod, which we're launching this week. Uh, we'll get into it more when we talk about the MVPs. We're not ready for that now. Let's get in the inbox. Um, all right, brother, we're doing underrated. Uh, what's the most underrated experience? Getting an extra McNugget in your 10-piece, getting all green lights on your drive home from work, buying a round of drinks for your friends. Mm. Uh, do you have a do you have a strong feeling on this one way or the other, Brandana? I do, brother. I do. So I dove into this, and it's um, one thing that I was thinking about is so I don't order McNuggets, and I I was trying to go off like something I do that was just like when you get bonus food, it's like a high five to yourself. And I think what the parallel I can make was we go to Chipotle and you get the barbacoa, and they ain't scampi on it. They're just yeah, like, yeah. I, got I got you. I got you. It's like when they start like loading that because there's some people that like just got out of training they're just like it's four ounces of burrito and like they're like kind of taking some off and stuff but like me other person is just like i know what you need and it's just they just slap that on it's just like that so th i'm gonna make that equivalent of the mcnugget i like that because my favorite thing is is the the newbie who's over ambitious sees me <laughs> back when i used to get the burritos now i do i do bowls i just do strictly bowls but when i do used yeah, to do, do burritos yeah that's true and they, if it's a cheat day i'll do a burrito but you're right i'm i'm bull i just I want, hear you i want i'm with the pot and no i'm a bull guy i'm a bull you thank you you're Sorry. keeping it tight but before back in the day when i was a burrito guy and i saw them wrap that up and i was like that's not gonna fit that's not going to fit and then the burrito split yeah and then they had to bring up the second burrito <laughs> that's that's the 11 chicken nugget i was like yes double no, double burrito they're just like i hooked you up so much i need to get more tortillas in here like right we have to i need to give I'm you such a dummy i was calling it a burrito the whole time it's a fucking tortilla that's how fat i am i'm like oh um yeah so that's that um getting okay so my take on getting all your green lights from work so that's that's pretty, it's pretty high because it's just like, it affects your brain a little bit because you're just like, I'm aligned with the world. Yeah. Like it feels personal. It feels personal the exact way it feels personal when you try to take a left on a green and someone just starts like crossing a crosswalk and you're just like, universe, why are you fucking me? But sometimes right. like when you get in the zone and you're just like going through green lights, it's just like, like God wants me to get home faster. I don't right. know what's happening to me right now, but it's like, it's just such a humming buzz where it's just like, I am lick it stars are aligned and yep. there's nothing more perfect than the all greens like right now during this time of if you're go, if you're coming home from work like that spring it's kind of starting to get a little warm you can just crack the window down just a little bit get a little bit of that fresh breeze and you're just coasting back and and it's great i it's perfect but my number one i will give and i think you put it in the appropriate water like Buying a round of drinks for your friends makes you feel like a god. Yeah. Especially like the more the more unexpected it is, the more like their eyes just roll back in their head. Like it's and it's like it's it's such a perfect it's it's a bro thank you and lady bros, it's a lady bro thank you. Like it's just like this nice moment where it's, especially like let's talk Vegas when money don't mean shit. 
And it's right. perfect. And you got chips and you're just like, yeah, let's do a round of Johnny Walker golds for everybody. That Johnny Walker, we're not doing blue. Let's not get nuts. But you just put like, and you're just like, and they're just like, how much is that? They're like, ah, oh, it's two, two of those chips. And it's just like, what the fuck are chips? There you go. <laughs> and everybody's cheers. And it's just like, this is amazing. Especially if you can catch them off guard. The, the, pro- the problem, my sour on buying drinks for everybody, it's hard to time when everyone needs that next round. Yes. You got to come out of the gate, which I think I did. I'm not tooting my own horn, but I think for uh, Joe's bachelor party, I think, I know you like to bring this up, the the Bloody Mary round or whatever. Yeah. When we got like in Tahoe. Which, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. The birth of Brandana. That was the birthplace of Brandana. <laughs> it was. That's where, that's where you um, That was great. No, no, no. You're right. The, the biggest thing is just threading that drink needle, hitting that mark. So you best come out of quickly or when you shifted venues best time to do it yep oh shit. great point great point yeah and i've never i don't know what it feels like to be the ceo of a fortune 500 company but i can only <laughs> imagine in the times when i'm buying a round of drinks that like that's where our two universes mesh and like cross paths because yes you're right it doesn't matter and i'm just like i'm balling out like i'm a shot caller right now you want a drink boom you want a drink absolutely yeah like, there's no better feeling like how many, especially like Vegas specifically, like, it's like you become, and I know we do this college, like you just become in your mind a millionaire. We have those chips. It's just like, you're begging people to come in and get a piece of this action. Yeah. It's like, I'm buying drinks. It's just like, that seems like a made up like TV trope or whatever. But there's little times Vegas just like, I'm around for everybody. And like, whoever's within an earshot and like puts it to drink, yeah. like you're just like, I got you. I, that's, that's, that's the millionaire feeling. The, I gotta the, go. best, the best is when you get the person and you're like, what do you want? You, you, what do you want? <laughs> we call, we call a, like it's a person that's not even like, you're actually pulling people that weren't even listening. It's just like, wait, wait, hey, get, get up here. What do you want? What do you want to drink? And what then do it's just like, I don't, I, what do you want to drink? I'm buying drinks for everybody. And they're just like, and their eyes light up. That yes. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah, so they light up and they're like, "Are you sure?" And they're like, "Absolutely." What are you getting? Oh, 100%. And then they and then they're like, you know, like a, a vodka cranberry. And you're like vodka cranberry, and they're like, "Oh, thank, thank you." You know yeah. what I mean? Like they have that moment. And you're like, I, I just kind of, I just took dominion over your drinks right now. Oh my god, it's perfect. It's just like, what kind of body do you drink? It's just like, I'm just fucking with you, Grey Goose and cranberry. You get the nicest because you're the nicest man I've ever seen. Do you have friends coming off? You got friends coming off of the plane? They live in this right. hotel right now. Let's get them set up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Vegas is the perfect place for it. I love it. Perfect. Uh, good question. And that did come from our 2019 email of the year. The That's why he's the best. Banger. Great question. Um, okay. HOF, this is up your alley, brother. It's in your lane. Kobe, Tim, Duncan, and Kevin Garnett inducted in the newest NBA Hall of Fame. Is this the best class of all time? And if not most awesome, what was the best class of all time? Ooh, good question. Uh, it's, it's a very good one. It's not the entirety of the class. So you, I mean, you could pull out like, yeah, there are certainly classes that have great, you know, you know, quartets or triplets in that class, but the whole class is a little watered down. Tamika Catchings, who's actually playing in the, um, uh, in the, uh, horse game that we talked about, she's in there. She's the top 20 player of all time in the WNBA. She's probably next in that list, but then you've got a lot of contributors and coaches, Barbara Stevens. Kim Mulkey, Eddie Sutton, who's a good coach. Rudy Tomjanovich, who won two titles with the Rockets, was a really good college player at Michigan, also played for the Rockets um, and got – he is the famous uh, – he got punched out by Kermit Washington 
and a in like a devastating NBA fight in like the mid seventies that altered his career. Um, but, but like top to bottom, it starts to weaken out a little bit. You know, when you get the contributors yeah. who are necessarily yeah. a player or a game, it, it gets weakened out. But Kobe uh, and uh, KG and Tim Duncan are pretty phenomenal, especially in terms of titles. Yeah, um, this is a, this is a, we're looking at like what three of the top 20 players of all time. Uh, Kevin Garnett might be kind of outside. Maybe, maybe I could have, like, drop that down to, like, 30 or 40 of all time. But right. that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty healthy. It's pretty healthy, yes, absolutely. And, the, and, it, and especially also considering that the, this is the Basketball Hall of Fame, so it's not necessarily WNBA – or it's not necessarily NBA. It's WNBA. It's college coaches. So a lot of people that are in it have been like still active. Like Bill Self is in the Naismith Hall of Fame, but he's been in it for a while. And it's like you wouldn't think of his career being over. You usually assign Hall of Fame classes like my career is over, and I've, you know, like the like the football Hall of Fame. Like you're, you know, after five years, or the or baseball, it's after five years, and then you can um, now be evaluated for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, the only other one that I think really kind of matches on that, partly because it's probably one of the tightest classes, is 2009. You have Michael Jordan, obviously the greatest of all time. You have David Robinson, two titles, Olympic, uh, unbelievable college career. Then you have John Stockton, all-time leader, leader in assists, steals, uh, and then his head coach, Jerry Sloan, who is a really good basketball player in his own right, uh, averaged like 15, 8, and 3 as a player for the Bulls. Uh, and then took, you know, the Jazz. I mean, he never won a chip, but he was a consistent player in, you know, the better part of the playoffs for, you know, 20 years. And then C. Vivian Stringer, who is the head basketball coach at uh, Rutgers. Most famously, she probably people remember her when she was involved in the Don Imus incident. She was a head coach at the time when Don Imus had those disparaging remarks against the the Rutgers uh, women's basketball team. But she's a legacy, uh, been to a lot of Final Fours. I don't think she's ever won one as a female Final Four. Maybe she's won one. Uh, drink everybody for female college basketball. Ooh. But um, uh, but over a thousand wins and still going on. So it's only five in that class, but it's it's credible all the way. Like there's not one that you can sit there and be like, ah, it's a little iffy. There's no Mitch Richmond's or um, uh, Rudy Tomjanovich's that are on that list. They're a little suspect. <clears throat> yes, a little bit. Like you can draw the parallel on, you know, if you trade like a franchise player for like four draft picks, like we're doing like what is the value of just like someone heads and tails above everybody. So the 2009, I like that they bring it up. It has the number one player of all time. Right. Which is, I don't think disputed. I mean, it might be closely be disputed, but, and we're still talking David Robinson, who definitely would be in top 20. So you have like that. It's just like, how much do you value that? Like if you, if you have, is a, is a number three and like a 16, like less valuable than like a one and like a 22. You know what I'm So it's just like, you got to like figure out like what that means to you. But class 2009 is a perfect bring up, bro. Um, all right. Great email. Thanks. We got Drew waiting to hop on. Let's get to him.
heard you're going a little stir crazy probably missing basketball we were like let's get you back on yeah it's been tough uh i don't, I don't think quarantining or coronavirus was really a thing last time i was on yeah we no going, it wasn't no getting uh, ready for the AC tournament was really excited about march and here we are and absolutely nothing's going on so uh yeah i, I miss it it's been been pretty crappy uh so you're in north carolina and let's just do the you know the obligatory like what's going on there you guys wearing masks when you go to the grocery store are you working like are you doing a lot of like uh your kids doing like online class i know they're a little younger so it's probably not as you know make or break as some of the kids like that were sophomores in high school or something that kind of has their year ending but just kind of what's what's the landscape for you looking like uh all public school well really all schools in general in north carolina are closed at least until may 15th okay. uh, oh. yeah my kids are in preschool um so they do they do something maybe once a week uh on zoom with their classmates but um it's kind of a small preschool so they're actually able to come by the house and drop off crafts and the stuff they would do at school to do at home which is really nice so it keeps them busy um people are wearing masks in the store i mean not a lot maybe 40 percent of people are yep. wearing masks it's not it's not really that crazy here we have a um whatever a shelter in place order uh both for our city which expires monday i want to say but our whole state is on one until further notice i think which sounds scary but it really means nothing um legally it doesn't prevent you from doing anything i'm i'm actually a dentist um which makes my work situation weird um we've been it's recommended by every major organization including the ada that we only see emergency patients um until further notice so that's that's more or less what we're doing um it's kind of weird you know being at the office and it being really empty. So you, you still, you're still doing like kind of your office hours, but it's just kind of like just to be there. It's not like someone calls you, like you're still kind of there. There's a walk-in for emergency. But if someone just wants like a teeth cleaning or just like a touch-up or something, like yeah. you can turn them away. Yeah, no, one of, one of the things that- Touch-up, I like a dentist touch-up, you know. <laughs> Give me a little touch-up, just you know, make it look nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, we haven't, we're, we're not doing teeth cleanings at all. Nobody, nobody is really, that's the number one thing that's been eliminated just to try yeah. to- uh, limit the number of people coming through the office if we've been we've been kind of at this this weird schedule for about three weeks and uh, in the beginning we were seeing some emergencies and some other treatment type things that were already scheduled and people were okay with doing but now it's really starting to fall off um, yeah. next week I, I plan only to work one day next week because we really, we really didn't have enough people. Now that that could change always over the weekend, especially a long weekend. People have things come up, but our hours are um, kind of transitioning into when we need to be there based on what's on the schedule. So, have you done? Hey, Drew, have you have you done any like teleconferencing or anything like that? Because I know some of those, like my my daughter has a dermatology appointment, and we're going to do that through like a teleconference just to make sure that everything is staying the way it should be. So are you guys doing any of that or trying to employ, you know, for people that have maybe, you know, some work done just to kind of check in and see how they're doing or, or no? 
Um, I have, I have not, um, but a lot of, that's kind of a big trend right now, as you would imagine. Yeah. Um, the ADA just last week, I think did this kind of free webinar on it, how you can implement it during this, you know, kind of weird time. Um, so video wise, no, we don't do anything. Now we try to triage a lot of people on the phone, of course. Sure. Um, but no, we hadn't, we hadn't really gone that far. Um, it would be kind of neat. Um, not sure how many people in Eastern North Carolina would be up for it or, you know, ready, ready yeah. to do it. <laughs> just like, um, uh, oh, oh, LA, yeah. open up your mouth as wide as you can and just get right in that, right in that webcam. You know, <laughs> exactly. Go, <laughs> go deep on it. <laughs> now, I know this is going to sound unorthodox, but could you just put your mouth around your camera? I really need to get in the back there. I really need to see back in that, in the, in those teeth. Well, good brother. It seems like spirits are pretty good though. Everybody's just kind of like, I'm, yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, you know, not to get into too much detail, but uh, this kind of government bailout, if it were, you know, is probably hopefully going to help us out a little bit, keep us going. Sure, absolutely. Um, so, you know, it, it sucks. There's no way around it. It does suck, but um, could be a lot worse. No bowling alleys. You know, I'm heartbroken no bowling about alleys. that. Yeah. Oh, no bowling yeah. alleys. Bowling ever coming um, back? That's what I'm afraid of. I, I, don't, want, I don't want bowling to disappear. Yeah, I'm just... I'm, I'm afraid bowling might be the last thing to come back. <laughs> yeah, it seems low priority. I'm sure it's low priority. Nobody's thinking about opening up those bowling alleys. Uh, good. We want to pop you back on here. Uh, just because there's no basketball doesn't mean we can't forecast basketball and try to figure out exactly kind of what would happen. So I'd like to kind of get your take on if this tournament did kick off and we went to NCAA.com uh, and got a projected bracket. And uh, we'll throw that up on our Instagram so you guys can you guys can either Google it or just kind of look at the bracket that we'll post. And we're talking about what our final four would look like. Before we get in the final four, you've been very established on this podcast, friend of the pod, that you love Duke and you hate UNC. Is UNC getting out of something that could have been embarrassing by missing the tournament this year? They were going to miss it, right? And now uh, it's no, kind of like – No question. They weren't even going to make the NIT. And now, and now, like that is, you know, their streak still, uh, their streak's still pretty active. I mean, I, I think it's got to just like off the cuff, got to be like top ten streaks or something. And now they kind of, they get out of a jam. They get kind of this this bailout, a different version of it. Right. Yeah, it still counts though. <laughs> right. <laughs> never forget, never forget, Drew. I don't. Know if it does. I don't know if you could say UNC officially missed the tournament in 2020. I don't think you can say that. No, you, you can't. You cannot officially say I know, that. I know you'll remind everyone. I know you're on it. I know you're on top of that. Yeah. Well, in, in my part of the woods, nobody will, nobody will ever forget that, no matter what <laughs> side you're on, <laughs> for, for better or for worse. Uh, so I, I always thought this was going to be kind of a wild year as we look at our Final Four and projected. If you guys are listening, I'm just going to give real fast, even though it's going to be a little contradictory to what I'm about to say, which is that it was going to be a wild year, and it might have been one of those years when we see, like, an eight, an 11 seed, something kind of sneaking into the tournament. I'm going to give the top four out of this projection of each bracket just so listeners kind of have an idea of what we're working with. So out of the Midwest, we have uh, Kansas, the one seed, Maryland, the two, uh, Villanova, the three, Louisville, the four. In the East, we have the number one seed being oh, Dayton's the number two. What's that? San Diego State, number one. Dayton, number two. Number three being Duke. Your Dukies right there, and the number four seed being Penn State out of the South. Number one, Baylor. Number two, Florida State. Number three, Creighton. Number four, Michigan State. And out of the West, last one seed, Gonzaga. Number two, Seton Hall. Three seed, 
Kentucky, four seed, Oregon. So that's kind of just the top 16 teams we're dealing with as if people are listening along just as they're, if they want to start to build their final four. I can kind of get it started right now. My final four, uh, this is just on the Mac run. I know we'll start conversations. I had Kansas, the one seed coming out of the Midwest. I had Dayton, the two seed coming out of the East. Uh, I went with Michigan State coming out of the South. I just, uh, you know, just those reps, if you're used to it, I think he could do it. And then out of the West, I had uh, Oregon, which was our fourth seed, make the final four. So I had a, I had a one, a two, a, and two fours. What does it look like for you, Drew? Um, you want to talk shit on this bracket first? <laughs> well, <laughs> how'd they get it wrong? I don't, know, I don't know if it's wrong, but I will tell you when, when, you, when you gave me this bracket before the show, just to kind of familiarize myself, um, my heart sank immediately because I had a big, I had a big take. I had a, I had a surprise pick for my final four. I got uh, contradicted because you, you felt too good about, oh, because it was Duke was in the, Duke was in the same bracket. Well, well I, this team, I was going to pick a team for the final four that was probably a little, a little out there but they would have to go through Kansas in the second round. Um, and that team is the Virginia Cavaliers. Um, mm. As a nine, I was shocked to see him as a nine seed, first of all, finished second in the ACC, won 27 games, 11 of the last 12, 10 of the last 11, something like that, including wins over Duke and Louisville in a week. Um, playing as well as anybody in the country, they were red hot. They were not crushing people, but that's not really what Virginia does. Um, they were just – they were playing really well, and they were going to be my kind of wild pick for a, a sleeper Final Four team. But probably the only team I, I would not see them getting through on the way there is Kansas. So out of the Midwest, I would take Kansas, uh, your Jayhawks. Um, the East bracket – the East bracket, uh, again, I was not prepared to pick Duke as one of my Final Four teams. But, again, after seeing this bracket, I'm going to have to take Duke out of the East because – All right. Oh, man. <laughs> Your hand was forced. You had no choice. <laughs> it was. It was tough. I just don't um, – I, I know that I'll probably – I know there's probably a lot of haters out there, but I just – I don't buy the San Diego State thing. I don't buy the Dayton thing. I mean, neither of those teams – they played absolutely no one all year. Yeah, I think we see that a little bit too. Like when you have just kind of those um, – not the traditional powerhouses coming out of those conferences that – those teams do seem a little bit more susceptible just because they don't have the reps, don't have the experience of getting in there. So that makes sense to me. What do you think most awesome? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, it'd be weird to see a San Diego state one and then a Dayton two. I think that the, the, the tourney selection would purposefully move those guys around as to not give a distinct advantage to like a three seed in Duke that, you know, has, you know, you know, parade all American high school prep players on there and all these world beaters in, in terms of talent. I don't see them being in the same. I can see one of those two being in those brackets, but not both of them in there and kind of giving, giving it seemingly an easy pass to Duke because I like individually both San Diego and State and Dayton, but I don't like them going against, you know, a Duke or I'm trying to look on the other. What was that four seed over there? Penn State. Uh, Penn State, but even like an Auburn team, which is like up and down and herky-jerky. Like that's a that's a that 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 bracket the way that they have it laid out is something that would have been really that would have been the weird one to see somebody come out of there like that eight seed or or nine seed. Okay, let's kind of run this back. Let's make a little bit more sense so not everyone listening is trying to hold like fifteen teams in their head at one time. I want to backtrack uh, real fast. Why don't you just give me your Midwest number one most awesome? Who's coming out of the Midwest? 
Well, I think that would be Kansas because I think at the time Kansas was the presumptive number one. So I think you would you'd give it to them out of the Midwest. Is there any any trip ups you see either of you guys see over Kansas? I know um, you already voiced Drew that you you did kind of like Virginia, even though they kind of in this bracket kind of got a bad luck of the draw of being able to kind of go yeah. into further happen to face like the number one overall team. Yeah. Is there any any trip up you see, Ma? Well, I liked I liked uh, Louisville a lot. I talked about him in the preseason. Jo- Jordan Nora, uh, I I like what they were doing down there. I mean, they weren't playing great, but they were they had the players and playmakers to make a run. Um, and Maryland is an actually a, a team that wasn't getting a lot of nod in the big a- Big Ten, and um, you know they had Anthony Cowan and a few other playmakers that could make a run. I like guard play, and I like guys that can score. Uh, kind of an isolation in the tournament can go and get you buckets, and, and both those teams had those guys. That's good. And we kind of talked about it on the East, so let's fast forward there. We all seem on the same page with Kansas out of the East. Drew's hands, as we said, were tied. He had to do Duke. We feel like this might be a little wonky with having kind of these lesser-known schools being the one and the two seed, or less traditional schools getting in there to one and two seed. Uh, who do you have coming out of here? I have Dayton. What do you have most awesome? Yeah, I like Dayton coming out of that. Sorry, Drew, for your, for your Dukies. Uh, I just I, I, I like the the storyline of Obi Toppin and, and Anthony Grant and, and getting Dayton back on there. They've had they've had some runs and they they played Duke early on in the or excuse me they played Kansas early on in the season. I think lost by six, Brandana. Maybe you, you got that on there. It's like ninety eighty four. Yeah, overtime. Like I think. Yeah, overtime. Yeah. So um, they played against each other. Played well. Obi Toppin is going to be a probably a lottery pick in the NBA draft. Kind of came out of nowhere. So I just like I like that I like the idea of rooting for the underdog and and having that uh, that Butler esque kind of run into the the final four. All right, and Drew had Duke. Let's head over to the South real fast. This one again has Baylor one, Florida State two. We have Creighton three, Michigan State four. Who do you have, Drew, coming out of the South? I really I really would like to pick Florida State and be a an ACC homer, but. Um, Surprisingly, I think I have to go with Michigan State. Um, yeah. Well, what, what what do you like about Michigan State? Well, it's been, you know, it's been kind of a weird year in basketball. Um, in that, there's not a lot of breakaway talent. There are not a lot of super elite teams. There seems to be a lot more parity than usual. And I think when you get into March, things like uh, coaching, veteran leadership, those things are the importance of those things are amplified. Tremendously, and I don't know if if we talked about Izzo much when we did our, our Mount Rushmore breakdown, but I think he's probably the most overrated coach in basketball. But but most overrated. But, I thought you had that for a certain UNC coach. But all right, we'll put him up right up there next. But time. but but he does have tremendous experience and success in March, despite only one title. He's been to a ton of Final Fours. He right. always seems to find a way. He's got Cassius Winston, arguably the best point guard in the country. Always a deep team, always a scrappy, physical, tough team. I think a team like Michigan State, especially in a year like this, is is built for the Final Four. And that's what I was kind of thinking, too, and Amy, I'll let you jump in, but my thoughts were exactly the same. I like that coaching experience when a year just kind of looks up in the air and it's exactly what we're talking about, so much parity, a really any given Sunday feel to it, like any team could win on any day. Coming out of it, it was just like, all right, I'll take Izzo. I'll take the experience coaching in the tournament and something that's just kind of, you know, taking anything. What do you think, Amy? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a tough one because they they did not, ex, you know, live up to their expectations, their preseason expectations, Michigan State. 
Cassius Winston kind of had an up and down year, but the whole team did. Aaron Henry was really inconsistent. Uh, Langford was projected to come back, and I don't believe he came back. Uh, they don't. They didn't have a ton of size. So if you're going in this bracket, them seeing you know Baylor and the what would have been the Sweet 16 at the number one seed, uh, Baylor who has size and you know Michigan State didn't have anyone over six eight. So you've got the obviously you've got the veteran leadership and you've got Izzo who's proven it. It was one of those years where the last few years of Izzo has not lived up to expectations and have kind of fallen short in these moments. You know, and I, 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 it feels weird putting Baylor in there and just going chalk with a number one. Um, and I didn't see a lot of Florida State. I, I loved Florida State last year, and they burned me in the tournament last year. Um, but, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, coaching, point guard play are supremely important in the tournament. They have those moreover than anyone else in that bracket. So. I would concede to go with Michigan State, but I'd feel very iffy about that. Yes, it's probably like a little bit of a stretch out of everything we went through right now. But so are we all aligned also on the South? You're going Michigan State most awesome. Yeah, I, I'll run with it because at this point, I don't, I mean, Baylor doesn't have it in, in, in the proven track record of history and guys that have been through those battles. So it could be like a Texas Tech scenario where they just run into you know, a buzzsaw of athleticism and size and they can just overwhelm Michigan State. And then, you know, uh, Leonard Hamilton in, in Florida State has kind of had those guys on the run, but, um, you know, they're, they're, they play a, a fast pace press kind of all, you know, they go eight, nine, 10 deep usually on their roster. And, um, you know, I, I, sometimes you just need to, you need that alpha dog to go and carry it, carry you to the, to the victory. And so, that's why I'm going with Michigan State. All right, final. Let's jump into the West. We got um, Gonzaga as the number one seed. Seton Hall, just remind you guys, number two. Number three seed, we have Kentucky. Number four, Oregon. Drew, who do you got coming out of the West? I'm going to go with uh, Kentucky, hmm. um, which, again, is a team I don't like to pick. Um, but kind of for the same reasons, I went with Michigan State. Calipari's got experience. He's won a title, been to Final Fours. He, he knows how to coach in March. And this is, a, in my opinion, a pretty weak uh, region. Gonzaga's a great team, obviously. But I, I don't, I'll admit I don't know much about Seton Hall. But as a number two seed, uh, if you're telling me Seton Hall's the number two out of that, that whole region, that's, that's pretty weak, in my opinion. I think Kentucky over Gonzaga in an instant classic Elite Eight game. Gonzaga's an awesome offensive team, as always. But I think Kentucky's athleticism and Calipari and Fuse a great matchup. I, I just think it, my gut tells me Kentucky out of this region. Dropping the instant classic. I love you writing <laughs> this history. That's fucking fantastic. Most awesome, who you got coming out? Ooh, see, I like Seton Hall. I like Miles Powell. I like what they can do offensively. They're a gritty, tough team. They play hard defensively, and Miles Powell will get you buckets. He was like second or third two years ago in scoring, and, and this last year uh in the country and this last year he was averaging like over 22 points a game um they had size but i, I this is the year that i was like is gonzaga going to be the team that finally gets few to the, like the final four and gets him in there we've had seen few of those guys drop so many elite eight games or just on the cusp of, uh, not playing in a, in a in a title game i felt like this is a year that they could do it when we're not really leaning into a presumptive favorite 
this would be a great time for Gonzaga. So I'm going to go Gonzaga. Well, everyone's safe because reminder, you can't prove us wrong because these games are never going to happen. That's right. That's right. I, Oregon, uh, Drew, is there anybody that you just want to flag real fast, maybe eight seed or below, I mean, besides Virginia and maybe out of the West, uh, just pick another just kind of sleeper that you think could have happened, at least make it to kind of that elite eight weekend. Um, we have mentioned Virginia, which in this bracket is a nine seed, too low in my opinion. Out of the West, um, just off the top of my head, I would probably pick a team like St. Mary's. Um, plays on the West Coast a lot of people don't see or know about, yeah. um, I'm guessing. But those teams uh, traditionally tend to be really efficient. They have veteran players. They tend to be uh, really fundamental, play good basketball, which can uh, – Backdoor cuts. A lot of backdoor cuts. If you like backdoor cuts. <laughs> and offense. We need a lot, of, a lot of games in March. I know. I love it. I love that St. Mary's. That was my jam. Um, all right, guys. Cool. What's that, buddy? The St. Mary's Gales. Doesn't get much yeah. cooler than that, right? Yeah. It's dynamite. Uh, all right, let's sound off. So who would have walked away with the chip this year? I'm going to stay with my alma mater, Rock Chalk. Jayhawks go KU. I'm going to give it to Kansas. What do you got, Drew? I'm probably going to have to agree. I think, I think um, you know, we talked a little about Bill Self on our last podcast and how he stacks up among the greatest coaches of all time. And I think we, I think the consensus was it's a little too early to say he's got a lot of career left and we, you know, he has not crossed that multiple championship hump. Yeah. I think, I think there's no better opportunity um, than this year. He's, you know, a great team. You got the senior as a Dotson as a star deep team, a lot of experience. I, I think it's got to be Kansas. It just sucks. And it's like, I, it may, I want to get to your um, championship belt who you're signing to also like, I just like the weight of this. Like, it really – it sucks. Like, is Kansas the biggest loser out of all this? Even though, like, we do – we said it was just kind of like – even college basketball, it's not – it's not getting watered down, but it's definitely, like, the parody is, like, really starting to show up. And I think this is, like, the apex of what we experienced so far of, like, parody in college basketball. But for, like, a Bill Self or, like, where those championships are so valuable just for your legacy. And let's say we look at Bill Self, actually, like – a I want to reorder it. Like, look at like the players like coming out. It's just like missing out on that opportunity is, I it's got to be dev- like devastating. What do you think? Yeah, it, yeah, especially for some of those guys. Like, we're not you know, Ezebuki will probably be an NBA player, but I don't think he's going to be like a, a Hall of Famer or anything like that. It, it, and I don't think that there's I don't think there's any like All NBA team players on the KU roster right now. So this, for a lot of those guys, it could have been the pinnacle of their basketball career, right? Yeah. You know, and, and that is, that's the thing that's a shame. And then for, you know, for self, you know, amidst all of the, you know, Adidas and, you know, shoe company turmoil heading into the season, you had the fight, you had the brawl, right? The KU brawl and, the, and everything like that. Like it would have been a nice button to the season and, and help further his legacy you know big big 12 titles are great but they ring hollow without championships and this was a great time for him to to establish that and i and and i'm 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 all on there on board with you guys and thinking that i think it would have been ku's year i mean I, you know we had ku and dayton going up against uh uh you know the regional semifinal, and then you've got uh, or the semifinal, rather i should say and then I would have had MSU versus Seton Hall and probably matching up MSU versus KU. 
the size and what they brought athleticism wise would have overwhelmed Michigan state. There's just, I don't see any way other uh, around it. So I, I would have given the, the tip of the tip of the map to your KU. I can't talk about this anymore. We're going to move on. This is so depressing. We're going to move on. All right. It may be fixes alcoholism. <laughs> that, that's right, not um, dentistry. That's our, that's our workshop. Uh, no, it's, it's a workshop. We're getting it done. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're jumping into this. Like obviously uh, quarantine is going on everywhere. Drew, I want to get you on the podcast specifically for this because I do remember you saying the, like a rule where the bowling alley, you do not drink before 5 p.m. And it stuck with me. And I actually introduced that rule during my quarantine. And it has been a lifesaver. It's, it's been a freshman 15 saver. Like, I, like, there's a lot of things I can accredit to this. Like, it's perfect. What's, are there any new drinking rules during the quarantine that you're, like, implementing? Or is it just, is it just that simple? It's it's really that simple. I mean, <laughs> you you uh, if you stick to that, you really can't go wrong. Yeah, if you say, and your drink of choice is Bud Light, right? So if you start drinking Bud Lights at five p.m., you'd have to drink until like the next two p.m. Right, the right. following day to actually get like so hammered you can't function. That's right. Yeah, and 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 in my case, you know, after two or three, I'm just so sleepy it's not even worth it anymore. So <laughs> it, it all works out. Uh, what's your rule? So I, I have a solve for this, but what are your rules? Kind of, are your rules changed, MA? Kind of going into this, or is it just like business as usual? Yeah, I mean business as usual. So I'm drinking all the time, every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So my flask uh, is still coming in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, I would say yeah, that's a very solid rule because especially working from home, uh, you know, I'm still on the phone with customers, um, and you know, trying to go out there and, and make stuff happen in this kind of weird time frame. But um, yeah, it's definitely like, there's definitely been the pangs of, it's lunchtime, there's some beers in the fridge. Like, I'm an adult, like I can have one, but it is definitely one of those things where you cross onto that other side, then it's just like, well, why even take a shower today? Because who cares? I'm just gonna drink in my bathrobe. It's noon, I don't care. I'm just answering emails and phone calls. No one can see me. We're not doing Zoom, and if I do, I'm just gonna mute my, my camera. Yeah. so that you can't see me so who gives a shit but yeah i think it's i think it's one of those internal things of your of your just to keep yourself on like a some semblance of a structure okay so so yeah the structure's gonna be there i want to get this solved drew i want to go back a little bit on this don't drink it before five and it may, if i didn't catch you up like maybe i'd gloss over it i'll say it again like we went bowling together and it was just like it's bowling it's a saturday and it was just like one o'clock and he's just like i don't drink before five like and this Ooh. is like this is back in normal times and it was like such an edict it was such, I was like, this is part of this man's philosophy to where like, you know, sometimes you're just like, you tip people and it's just like, let me get you. No, what are you really having? And he was just like, I don't. And I was like, copy that. Was this, was this a rule since like college or just kind of like you adopted it and you're just like, all right, this works for me. Um, I, I think the origin is probably a little more embarrassing. So I, <laughs> well, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to get too dirty. Oh yeah. No, no, I was going to say. No, no, it's okay. I, um, Maybe this has something to do with it, maybe it doesn't, but I grew up in the South and um, where people tend to be relatively temperate, I think, if, the, if they're not totally on one end, they're totally on the other. And my, um, my older family members, I had grandparents and grandmother in particular who were very Victorian, very uh, kind of, um, you know, there's a right and wrong way to do everything. Sure. And, uh, you know, one of, one of their edicts was, you know, drinking before five was just sort of, 
I don't I don't know if it was just considered uncouth or like, like uh, trashy. Yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> the impression that I got. And you know, it just seemed like you know, there's no reason to drink during the day, which I guess prior to five is the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, even on vacation, they would not drink before five o'clock. They would not have a drink before five p.m. So you did not. Also, like, they had the actual hour set. The hour was five p.m. Five p.m. Like, five p.m. But I can tell you this: when when the clock hit five, the highballs were rolling, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Was it was was it like a rolling start? Were they getting cocktails ready at like four fifty? <laughs> just like hit that five o'clock and like the first sip. I mean, how how uh, how were they running that? Well, I, I, you know, I don't know, but I can tell you even now. And, and most of these, you know, older family members, grandparents are, are, have passed on, but I still have family members now who, you know, we're all together somewhere and, you know, it's, it's 5.15. Somebody will yeah. say, oh, it's past five. I'm going to get a drink. Does anybody want to drink? You know, so just make, make the observation, yeah. hey, it's time. We can do it now. Um, so it's still there in, in some degree. I don't know how seriously everybody takes it, but, um, and I don't know how seriously I take it. But in, generally speaking, I'm not really a day drinker. I can tell you that. I tell you, like I like so our new thing inside the house, and I'm in LA for everyone that has been following or listeners that don't know. And I live in New York, but I've been kind of set up in LA because going to New York like isn't a thing you should do. Long story short, though, so I'm here with my college roommate, and we're back. And so I put your your kind of edict to the test, Drew. And it's just like when it hits five. I shout Yavin Avenue, <laughs> and then like I pop a top immediately. Like I, there's like every day of the week, like I'm staring at the clock when it's like 4:45, and I'm just like, all right, I'll read a little bit more of my book. And I'm just like, it's getting close, it's getting close. And then I really, I play the Flintstone song and I scream Yavin Avenue, and then I grab. Do you think either, like I'm sliding out the back of a like? Do you think it'll be easier to to adhere to that rule once once the world sort of gets back to normal? Yeah, I think oh. everything. I, I think everything we want to go through. Oh, is this a question? Yeah. yeah. Like, do you think quarantine will you makes? Care, it will you carry this on? Yeah, no, a thousand percent. Like, I think that's without getting like super philosophical. I think one thing that I'm trying to take out of this is just like establishing habits and making those last. Which is because usually, you know, there'll be Saturdays when it's just like, oh, like I'll go to Keg and Lantern and there's a game on, so you know, I'll start drinking at like you know one o'clock and watch some college football and then bet on it. But it's just like, and the Sundays are destroyed. Like, just feel good. Like I. I love, I'm in on this 5 p.m. thing. When it will be really set to the test is when I come see you in North Carolina and mm-hmm. then, uh, everyone's there and we're going bowling at noon or we're going to get lunch at like 2 p.m. And it's just be like, all right, well, how button in? Cause it's, but it's also different. Like if you're seeing me, if you're in New York, like you're seeing me, so you're on some sort of vacation. Like whenever I cross your paths, like cross your path, like I see you in North Carolina. So your life's still mm-hmm. kind of structured normalcy. Like, I might be yeah. on vacation, but it's Brandy it's, it's plays by the home team rules. That's I how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> when he's visiting in the visiting stadium, he plays by your rules. Okay. So here's my idea on MAV fixes. So I'm, I'm going to take Drew's rule of no drinking before five. You start at five. I think you need a start time. I think you need a cutoff time. And just be honest with yourself. If that's six yeah. hours, if it's, I know both of you guys have kids, so this is going to be a little less dramatic for you guys to handle for me. Like, left my own devices. Oh my God, it's three o'clock in the morning. So we want to cut that off. So it's got to be like, stop at 11. And then also make sure you're not trying to jam in. I think you have to have some kind of maximum number of drinks within that four or five hours. So you're not trying to drink for an entire weekend in like one night. Yep. 
yeah no i'm i co-sign all of it i i really like the maximum because like dr mrs the commission i we usually will have like split a bottle of wine that'll be that right so that's like two glasses of wine one at dinner and then one maybe after um that's usually the perfect amount because anything longer that or more than that then you really start to, to feel a little wonky the next day I mean, I have more than that since this podcast started, but you know what? We each have our different levels. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on pod fuel right now. I got some Kung Fu girl in me. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Drew, what's your thought? Do you have like a, do you have a cut off time or like, do you just naturally be like, that's enough Bud Lights? Um, I, I'm a person of pretty rigid routine. So it comes naturally for me. I, if I had to set a, a, a cut off time, I can't imagine at this stage in my life. And by that, I mean, you know, three kids, all that kind of thing. Yeah. I can't imagine drinking past midnight. Um, yeah. But the way it usually works out is, you know, uh, other than being at a party or some kind of event or function outside of my house, I can't tell you the last time I had more, more than three beers in one night at home. Um, so that, that usually, that usually does the trick for me. All right. It may be fixes. You guys either need to set a start drinking time and end drinking time. How many drinks in between that or have children? And then it'll all figure yeah. itself out. <laughs> right. Yeah, that gets answered for you. All right, uh, Neapolitan Showdown, bring it to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me, and we just disagree. Neapolitan Showdown, top three things you're going to do post-quarantine. I think you know how this works, Drew. M.A. and I are going to fire back. You weigh in where you see appropriate, but you're going to vote on it and let us know who's the winner. Um, all right, I'll get started. Um, the first thing I'm going to do post-quarantine when crowds can exist again is I'm going to fly back to fucking New York. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pack up the four shirts three pairs of jeans, 12 pairs of boxers that I'm all disgusted with because I've seen them way too often. And I put in a suitcase. I'm going to get on that plane and I'm going to go home. Don't underestimate that. I'm going to go to my place that I'm paying rent for, that I live at. I'm going to go there. I love it because I was just thinking about when you said that, Brandana. It's like those four shirts, next time you see the short, like when you're back in New York, like, that goes, they go right under the bottom of the, of the dresser, right? I mean, they, they get right on the bottom of the pile. You're not going to wear those again for a very long time. I'm going to be honest, like, I, I thought about this, and I thought about you, because we had talked about it a little bit. When I woke up this morning, I was just like, I'm going to give these clothes away. I don't want to yeah. see them again. Like, I'm just, I'm over this pink shirt. I'm over the, you know, that little sweater that I had that looks like static on television. That's yeah. out. I'm over yeah. the gray sweater. It's all done. It's all done. Well, first off, you make the pink shirt look great, so let's not, you know, kid ourselves here. I wouldn't recommend. We got we got to get you a new new pink shirt then, because otherwise, <laughs> yeah, we got to replace it. I'm not, yeah, exactly. I'm not, not doing pink shirts. I'm just not doing. Okay, because you're because you're killing it on the color. I just want you to know. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, my my number three is is very similar to you, but I want to go on vacation traveling. And so usually the family goes out to to Montauk at the end of August. We had a trip to San Diego planned. I just want to get on a flight and feel unencumbered with the kids knowing that it's, you know, cool to go public transportation. Yeah. Flying. My number three. 
yeah, so weird. I, I think it's the longest stretch I've been, like, not on an airplane. All right, Drew, how do you score it? And what's your take? That, that's tough because um, trying to decide what's worse, not being able to leave your house or not being able to go home. Uh, it's pretty Ooh. tough. I, I just know that I – it, if I were, if I had to pick which situation I'd rather be in, um, I think Brandon's situation is worse. I oh, would hate, 100%. I would, I, would hate, <laughs> I would hate to not be able to go home. Like, to be, and I, I don't know what your feelings are in general about Los Angeles, but I'm, you know, particularly if it's somewhere you don't want to be. Now, maybe it's not that bad for you, but no matter where you are, if you're there long enough and not home, you're going to hate that place. So I'm going to have to give Brandon the nod on that one because not being able to go home would, would really suck particularly if your home is in the epicenter of everything terrible that's happening in the world right now, yeah. unfortunately. But, yeah, I'm going to have to go with that. All right, fair enough. One to zero. Thank you for that. <laughs> you scored it correctly. Um, okay, the number two thing I'm going to do, I probably put these in the wrong order also because that is the main thing. That's definitely yeah, yeah. the main thing. Um, all right, um, I'm going to say go to a bar. Like, it is – I mean, it's just part – of my without sounding or going back on what we say in MVP fixes like it's just part of my social life that I really enjoyed like I really enjoyed going to Keg and Lantern although I don't drink IPAs anymore I don't drip I don't know if you knew that like I'm off IPAs now I just like I woke up one day I was just like I'm good on hops I'm good yeah. on hops like pass on hops oh you got it out of your system eh okay I did. All right. this is, I'm look at this, this is, yeah oh man all right okay uh, but yeah, I'm just going to do that. So I like whatever closest Mexican restaurant that I have to my apartment and get a little beer at the line. Like I just, I like, I like the decompression of like going to work and then just kind of like belling up to a bar, watching a sports game and just kind of sitting there and then like, just kind of letting the day just kind of release. After five. After five. After five. Right. always after five from here on out right exactly from here on out. um i like it it's good yes going to a bar being in those social environments very similar uh to mine is but i i i just want to go and and go to the grocery store or go pick something up and be in in the line for checkout and not feel worried as if i'm like six feet apart from somebody or if someone sniffles or coughs like then i'm gonna get the plague and uh, and I'm tired of seeing the little black check marks on the floor where everyone is drawn out, like it's properly spaced out. So I, I can't wait to just like have somebody like come up on my six and not be worried about it. That's good. I, I don't want to get like too deep on it, but I, that is a good point. Like just the, like everyone's trying to figure out the rules walking around and there's just kind of this edginess. And then even like yeah. people are just kind of like cavalier about it, just like running down thing. It's just like everyone's just kind of reacting. And it's just there's just a not chill vibe. So I'll, I'll be looking forward to that. I, I wish you could see like it'd be a great like video to see me in the aisles at like the supermarket when I'm going down. I look like probably Barry Sanders. Like I'm literally like trying to d evade and dodge and like spin moves out of there. I just don't want to be around people. And then I had some old couple come up behind me and like really like press up on me. They were well beyond the, the three feet or the six feet. And as I was just kind of like, hey, you know, I wasn't trying to be a dick, but I was like, the, the X's are on the ground. And I, I'm not like, I, you're not sifling, you don't seem sick, but I, I'm also, you're also in like your 60s. So I'm trying to I help you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know what I mean? And I'm kind of like, and I was like, so the X's are on the floor for the, the proper spacing. And she's like, oh, I guess it is, right? And then doesn't move or do anything. And I was like, all right, I just this is this whole interaction is annoying to me. I, you should be able to stand to me, and in normal times you would, and that's why I'm I'm looking forward to that because then I don't want to worry about that weird interactions with people. 
Oh, that's a lot to unpack, Drew. How do you start? No, I like it, Brian. Right. No, no, gotta, it's impossible to kind of start talking about like the new way the world works and not right. like, kind of get down a rabbit hole. Impossible. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go with most awesome on this, and I'll tell you why. Because about maybe two and a half or three weeks ago, before things, at least in North Carolina, got really serious, I mean, there was the whole, you know, stay home, stay home, do your part, stay home. But there, was, there were no real mandates in place. So it was just kind of like, you know, you were supposed to do it of your own accord. Um, my kids and I went to Lowe's one Saturday, which is one of our fun things to do. They love to go to Lowe's. Um, and uh, I got a lot of really serious side eye from a lot of people in there. Um, and I realized after the fact, like, they're judging me for bringing my kids out in public yeah. during all this stuff. And, and that, that, that's, fuck that. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that anymore. Um, so I can relate with wanting to be able to just go somewhere or do something without it being weird. And especially with my kids, because if you think, if you think it's terrible sitting home all day, like tell your four year old to sit home all day for three months, it's terrible. And as an, as an addendum though, I would say um, I really enjoy the, uh, the, the check marks on the ground in the grocery store line, because I really enjoy people being six feet away from me at least <laughs> the general public so let that have, never end let that you're like keep this. no problem whatsoever with social distancing because quite frankly i want everyone to just get the fuck away from me <laughs> but it would be nice if we could all go out and not be weird about it but just stay away from each other oh god so, that's, that's, that's so perfect like just drew being like all right so coronavirus we have a vaccine we're all good and people start pulling up the tape and you're just like, you're just like that's so fast not so yeah. just keep that tape there leave it up there leave it down there yeah uh, all right, scores one to one. And my number one, I didn't want to flop it, but the first thing I will do when crowds exist again, we're not quarantined, whatever it is, should it be NBA? Should it be MLB? The first professional sports game to happen, I will bet on it. I will 1,000 <laughs> get back to gambling. That's where my head's at. Not, a, not attend it. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to go attend it, yeah. No, I, I mean, maybe I – not high on my priority list. It's probably like seven. Like I probably probably won't even watch it. <laughs> Chance of that. Chance of that. Hundred percent. Hilarious. So I'm gonna go a little bit more traditional. I know Brandana doesn't like eating out in public, but most awesome and Dr. Mrs. the Commission, we do. We like doing it. So my number one thing, and we don't get to go. The other thing, which is see movies all that often. So I'm definitely gonna put this down on the agenda go out to dinner, have a quiet, it'll be after five. So we'll have some cocktails. We won't set any limits on how many we do. Cause we can Uber and not feel weird about that either. Then go a movie and I don't give a shit what it is. It's going to be something stupid. I'm going to pay $13 for a ticket and uh, probably get some drinks there too. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Dinner and a movie. A little date night. Nice. A little date night. Yeah. I score that drew. For, for whatever reason, I'm going to give Brandon the point on this. I mean, just, sure. uh, you know, I'm going to tell your wife. I'm going to tell your wife if you turn this down. <laughs> well, you know, we we hardly get to go out anyway, so right. um, you know, we have not really noticed a huge a huge impediment as far as that's concerned. Um, but <laughs> the idea of not being able to gamble, yeah, uh, I'm sure that would be um, something I would really miss if it was something I was into. Speaking of which, I was really kind of curious and excited to see how. You know, and I don't gamble much, so I don't, I don't know. But there was a, a brief period 
um, where we thought the NCAA tournament would be played but without crowds made me wonder how in the world is that going to affect betting lines? It has to a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, because I think we, we hit this a little bit on the last podcast, if you heard it, but there is like uh, the number one – I think you have to look at on, on the macro what it would affect is the officiating because the officiating right. any kind of – like home field advantage, but also the tournament we're not talking about home field advantage. Yeah, so, but you would have had you would have had like bigger home, you know, like your 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 fans alumni show up, right? Kentucky yeah. travels all. Well. A lot of these schools do travel yeah. well, yeah. but there would have been a little bit of an impact in that. Yeah, I just think it would have been really, and I think uh, not to. I we always harken back because we listen to a lot of sports podcasts. I imagine you might also, or you don't. But it's one thing Bill Simmons talked about is, which I thought was a good idea when he talked about the NBA was like, don't play them in big empty arenas. Yes. Like, find like a high school and play the game because you were like it would be so weird you know to watch like whatever like in Dayton or whatever then playing like the play-in games and it's just like empty it's just I don't it's there's just like a there's a pressing aspect it's like reminding us of yeah like it's hammering home or like doubling down on the point that we can't go and it's just like find a different venue to play it in no that that is that was the one smart thing that I I really totally agree it just would take that whole eeriness out of it. If you played it in a tight, compact yeah. gym, you know what I mean? And even like and shot it from different angles. Also, cause I'm sure it's like with the see-through backboard, it's going to be totally, I'm sure it's weird to see faces, but it's got to be just for like really fuck up depth perception. If you're just like, if you're pulling up for a three, that bas- that backboard is like clear and you just see like, like rows and rows and rows and rows of empty seats. Like it's got to be psychologically weird. The one thing that they would have to figure that figure out would be the audio aspect of it. Yeah. And like the number of F bombs that were dropping from the players and all that stuff. That would have been so wild. Right. Just so right. Like the coaches, cause those always drowned out. Right. And sometimes you catch it like with the lips or camera gets too close, but like, it would just yeah. be like, get on fucking defense. And it's just like, wow, like <laughs> we definitely heard that. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. There would have been a lot of seven second delays going on. Uh, well, perfect, Drew. Uh, thanks for hopping on, man. We appreciate it. And we'll get you on um, very shortly again, becoming a very loyal friend of the pot. Appreciate the time. Uh, My pleasure. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, safe, Drew. Stay safe, stay healthy out there, and we'll talk to you, brother. Going to do our MVP of the week and lock this hour of power down. Um, guys, I, I don't want to keep being cheesy, but everyone keeping up with the social distancing and taking it seriously. Um, we're all in this together, and that is – we keep going back to the well on this, but it's just like that is still the vibe going on. And with social media and everything, there's a, there's a hopeful vibe. There's a we're trying to get through this. Everyone's doing their part, and everyone gets what the score is. So I want to hats off to all our listeners and everyone just participate on the other side. And we will be strong, and we will. Yeah, absolutely. Co-sign that, Brandana. And I also want to put a shout-out. We've done the health heroes, the medical community out there. I also want to extend that to all the the scientists that are out there that are in the labs that are working on antibody tests and vaccines and I'm sure uh, putting tireless hours in away from their family and working working hard trying to to help us out in this situation and a little tip of the cap to you guys. Thank you for all your work that you're doing uh, to help us out. All right, guys, this has been MEB Sports Podcast, episode 111. Uh, lots of something new. We're going to be a lot more present on Instagram Live. Right now we have, um, look for our Instagram Live. Uh, we're calling our Instapod, dropping on Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to rewatch the 2019 Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to keep that into an hour. We're going to do that with uh, 
everyone knows, Chiefs versus 49ers, Wednesday, April 15th. So look for that. Uh, the 20th viewer to jump in, if we get up to 20, that 20th viewer gets to decide what facial hair I rock until the Woo! end of the quarantine. So tell your friends, jam pack, get in there. Guys, thanks so much for listening. I am Brandon. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. I just woke up from a comab. What's happening? <laughs>